0: This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss, and you are listening to a special team interview with some amazing women, Emmy and May. We are going to be diving into their actual real-life experience with some of the lessons learned from Surrounded by Idiots, how they've applied them, what they've learned. There are 13 episodes in all. I know, 13's a lot, right? 13 entire days of listening. Two takeaways on Surrounded by Idiots. But there were 13 unique and complete thoughts about what you can do to use this information in your life to better your client experience, to better your employee experience, to better your business experience, to better your own experience. We didn't want to waste any of them. So there's 13 straight from the heart, life-changing takeaways with lots of laughs and even some tears. Emmy are some of my team members at Seed Planning Group. And you can get a face with a name and more information about them from SeedPG.com. That's S-E-E-D-P-G.com. And I want to encourage you to go there and look them up. Because if they say something special or something that touches your life or leaves an impression to you, where you have a question about some of the things that they've mentioned, because again, they're living this. They deserve to know how special they are. Let them know. So without further ado, please enjoy.
1: I'll tell you what, the serious side of you is very intense. Um, <laughs> uh, that was really good though, because what I was thinking there is uh, you were talking about being prepared. Yeah. And, you know, you see the the sports, posters about, you know, successes about preparation and stuff. And here you're talking about being prepared and even talking to people. You're going yeah. into a meeting all you're prepared. I mean, how many people do you know that they don't even know they have a meeting yet alone, they haven't looked at the agenda or haven't really thought about it or haven't thought about what they want to get out of the meeting. They just walk into a meeting. And I think that that's interesting. Can Would either of you talk a little bit more about preparation and how you're using these skills to prepare for the way that you're communicating with people.
2: Yeah. I absolutely.
0: think that is so a red question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Notice and how, how all I all was ready, too. To yes. yes. He didn't put her <laughs> hand up. She was just like, I got this. Um. So... Uh, Actually, we just had what we call our team time um, earlier this week about some of the best chapters in Crucial Conversations that really correlate to the Surrounded by Idiots book. And three questions it tells you to ask yourself before going into a Crucial Conversation, or if one is really presented to you unexpectedly, is do people know that I care about their objectives in this discussion? Do they have faith in my good motives? And do they trust that I have respect for them? And really making sure you know the intentions of the other person, too. And not being afraid to, we, you know, one of the big things we talk about as a team is the power of the pause. Make sure you're taking that time. Don't be afraid to ask the other person, what are your objectives? What do you hope to get out of this conversation? What's the end goal? And making sure that you feel safe in that conversation. Um, Some of the other things that you can be prepared about too, and I've learned this recently and I actually tried it this week with a green on my team. Um who does not like conflict, does not like criticism, you know, oftentimes you go to them and you talk about things and they feel very attacked, especially from a red who is very direct and blunt, is preparing them as much as you can ahead of time, not just yourself, but letting them know, hey, FYI, for this meeting, here's some of the things we're gonna talk about. I know it's gonna be a harder conversation for you. I want you to be prepared. Here's the things I want you to think about. Go into it with what is the best possible outcome for this information that you're gonna get.
1: Yeah, I think think what you said there too, it's okay to let, if you know you're dealing with a certain type of person, to prepare them for the conversation, I think that's huge. But you said three things. You said faith and trust were the last two. What was the the first one? The
2: first one was objectives. Do people know that I care about their objectives in that discussion? So I think that is really big for a red because if I'm going into a conversation, you know, you know this, Travis, you're a red probably more than me. When you go in, a lot of times you're just facts. Hey, blah, blah, blah. This is what I need. This is what happens. Sometimes we forget the niceties of, hi, how are you? How's your day been? Because we're just focused on the end goal. But does that person receiving that from you know your objectives in that discussion? Or do they think you're coming in hot?
1: Gotcha. And then faith was?
2: Do they have faith in my good motives? So as a manager, you know, if I'm bringing something to one of my, you know, team members and I'm talking to them about maybe something that they have made a mistake on or need to grow and improve on. Do they have faith that my motive is pure in this conversation, that I am here to support them, that I am here to truly see and help them succeed in every way possible?
1: And then the trust is?
2: Do they trust that I have respect for them? Do they know that I value and respect them, not just as an employee, but as a person? I think that gets lost a lot. And when you can make sure you have fostered that relationship with whoever it is that you're dealing with and you have voiced, you know, especially to someone like a yellow, like may, if you have voiced <coughs> that they are valued, that you trust them, it is going to make those conversations much easier.
1: I think this is interesting because I think one of the things that happens because I've had it happen after somebody reads this book is I had somebody come to me and, and with an issue and we were trying to talk to the issue and they were acting very abnormal. And I said to them, I'm like, why are you doing this? And they said, well, you're red. I'm trying to act more red. I'm like, "But well, you're green. Don't pretend to be me. Right. And I think what you're saying there is one of the things that you could do is you can go to somebody who's a different color and to show them that you care, that you have good motives and that you have respect for them. You can say, I'm going to be direct. Is it okay if I'm direct? Yeah. Or I know that you like a lot of details. Would you like me to go to the, through the details first? Or this is going to be a tough conversation. I want to make sure that we have some extra time. Here's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow so you can get prepared. Or, you know what I mean? like, like It's okay to go to somebody knowing who you're going to be talking to, I think, and ask. It's a rhetorical question because you know what the answer is going to be. But by asking for permission and saying, hey, is it okay if I'm direct with you or... Let's say that you're red and you're going to be talking to a green or a blue or even a yellow. And and you have to be really direct because you don't have time. If you prefer it as I'm not upset with anybody, we're really short on time. I I really need to tackle this first. And then we can come back and talk about the rest of this stuff. That helps them understand that you're not in attack mode, you know, or same thing. I mean, blues do this all the time. They're going to over explain stuff. You know, I'm a red. I'm sitting here (laughs) going, get to the freaking point. I know, you know, your numbers, you're blue. (laughs) I know you got yeah. it. Right. And I'll ask you clarifying questions, but I don't need the whole backstory to get to the end. Right. And so it's, if you can have better communication so that it's not insulting, because that's really what it does. It comes off as insulting. Mm-hmm. Right. And and once we're insulted, we're like, they don't care about me or, you know, they don't have good motives. There was a, a podcast. I just listened to, um, the Jacko podcast. Um, so he's ex military guy and everything, but, um, He was talking, this is what he suggested that you do before every meeting. He actually, he suggested that you write out your intent for the meeting on a piece of paper as if you were going to put it on your forehead. So you have your intent on your forehead. And he was really talking more in in the grand scheme of things, every meeting you have, if the intent is about yourself, it's going to come across as it's about yourself. But if the intent is about others... It's probably going to come across, but I think you have to go a step further because I think you have to talk about these skills here that you're you're talking about and say, I, because I've seen it happen to me. I can have great intent, but everybody thinks I'm a jerk because, the you know, I'm not very good with the pleasantries or something like that. Right. Um, and so it's it's what is my actual intent and is my intent good? And am I helping you understand that my intent is good? Like I'm here for us and I'm here for the team and I care about what you think. But right now, what you think, I'm not ready to hear about it because I got this fire I got to deal with. Right. Or something like that. Instead of being like, yeah, shut up and sit down, you know, which depending on who you are, you know, it it can come across that way.
2: And I think you need to explain that intent differently, depending on who you're dealing with. Uh, One of the things that I took from the crucial conversations book and you know, kind of put together with the different ways to communicate with the different colors from the Surrounded by Idiots book is a line that says conversations often go off track, not because of the content itself, but because people believe you have a negative intent that is hiding behind the content.